And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, gang, we are back on regular routine. It's just me going solo with some entertainment nerdy news. Now, I do hope that you guys enjoyed the last couple of weeks with the Sid Vicious interview. And uh, let me know, because I, I have uh, possibilities and and people that are coming my way. Fortunately, because of the uh, PCE, the Jaisalmon Pop Culture Expo, I have been able to tap into a new list of, of celebrities. And those, a couple of them, just so happens to be uh, wrestlers, like Mr. Udi, or, you know, Mr. Vicious. Um, so, let me know. You can email me, dkmontoya at jayzomon, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N dot com, and let me know, do you want me to interview celebrities, or do you just want me to go nerd, you know, like like we usually do. You know, I sit down, I have a movie uh, article to read, a cartoon article, a comic book article, and a cartoon article, plus the toy of the week, and... Um, if you like that, we'll just keep going that way. If you like intermittent celebrities, I, I will do that too. Um, I just, I want, but just know this. Okay, via this format that we're doing right now will never completely go away. Uh, I've thrown myself back into the world of publishing and producing and all that good fun stuff. And I don't have an opportunity. I don't have nobody to talk to. In fact, you know, people, the person that was actually supposed to come, he was going to be my guest. He decided not to do it uh, last minute. You know, I, I don't have people to talk to. I don't have an opportunity to nerd out, especially being super busy with uh, the, the Pop Culture Expo and the World of Myth magazine that's coming out and then the Open Contract Challenge that's coming out. And are not coming out, but con concluding, um, I uh, I got the votes in the other day on that, and uh, I know who won, and uh, we will announce that in the pages of the World of Myth. That's uh, but what I'm saying is is that I I I'm as much as I did not want to become the the entrepreneur dave again in the whole process of this it's it's happened and there's nothing that i can do and there's nothing really wrong with it it's just it's so time consuming and i don't have an opportunity to sit down and nerd out i mean i haven't read an actual comic book in forever just because i've not had the time um i have not watched a tv show now that's that's yeah okay the girls and I, we did watch, uh, I have uh, DC Universe. I have a, a year subscription of that. And 
we did watch uh, like two or three episodes of the original Batman, the animated series, uh, before we went to bed. Just, you know, a little spend, spend a little family time together. But, I mean, as far as like anything new, you know, I, I've, I'm behind. And I just, you know, I know that like Gotham is coming too close. I think I'm like two seasons. The last two seasons I haven't even watched. And I think I, and that could be said with The Flash. I, I watched all, you know, one through three religiously, and then like four and five I haven't watched. And there's a plethora of shows that I haven't watched, and there's comic books that I haven't read. And, and uh, this is my opportunity to come through and talk about being nerdy. Because that's who I am. I mean, at, at the core of who I am, I'm, I'm just a big old nerd. And this gives me an opportunity to talk to you. Because though you have the inability to talk back, I'm talking directly to you. And that is enough for me to, to satisfy one of the basic human needs. Um, I don't know if, if, and I'm not going to get all in psychology for you, but there's there's three basic human needs. And the three basic human needs to stay sane is to, one, is, of course, to be fed. Two, is to have a companion, whether it, whether it be sexual companion or not. It, it, it's to have someone to be around a companion. And three is to be heard. And that this, this uh, gives me that opportunity to be heard. Even though I don't know who's listening to it, but I know that you're listening to it. So this is something that I'm going to keep going. And, and you know, just it makes me feel better. And... I'm I'm rambling. I'm we're what we're at six minutes almost. So let's just go ahead and jump in. So thank you for listening. Um, let me know if you want to hear more celebrities because I can bring in um, like acting celebrities too. Just to, just to let you know, there's that choice in, in it too. But for the main part, we will always be you know sit down and, and talk and review articles. Okay. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to start this week? This week, let's take a gander. Okay, this one is in top of the headlines. It says, Joker, Joaquin Phoenix finds his smile in the final trailer. And it reads, After being teased earlier this week, Warner Brothers has released the second trailer of Todd Phillips' Joker. The trailer begins with Arthur Fleck amusing a child on a bus, only to be told to stop by the boy's mother. From there, he begins to descend into madness before finally finding his smile as the Joker. It says the trailer also heavily features Robert De Niro's Murray Franklin who clearly flecks primary target. The trailer then comes to a close with Fleck requesting that De Niro's Murray introduce him as Joker before he finally takes the stage 
in the full clown attire. The film will see Fleck portray as a failed comedian trying to care for his mother. Eventually, the unrelenting cruelty of society compels him to turn to a life of crime and become the titular villain. This, or excuse me, the titular supervillain, Joker, is said to be unlike any other comic book movie, and it will not adapt previous established stories. Directed by Todd Phillips, Joker stars Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, Bill Camp, Francis Conroy, Brett Colin, Glenn Fleshler, Douglas Hodge, Mark Marin, Josh Paris, Shea Wimham. The film arrives in theaters October 4th. Now, all right, let me just kind of think about this for a minute here, guys. Um, I, I'm in it. I, I, I'm interested in seeing the, the movie. And though the, the hardcore Batman in me is like, no, you know, it's just not having a fit about it. But, um, you know, I, 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 I'm okay with a, a reimagining. If you go and you say, hey, this is not canon. This is a reimagining. This is kind of like Elseworld. I'm okay. I mean, you know, I, I can deal with that. Um, hopefully it won't suck and it will stand good alone on a movie. I, I don't I, I don't understand the idea the ideology I can't talk today guys um, of why you would do something like this as far as making a movie that's not connected to the universe that's falling apart I don't know um, yeah so we'll have to see what happens all right uh, let's see what do I want to go to next how about? First Falcon and Winter Soldier poster reveals change to Bucky Barnes. Okay. I wonder what it is. Let's find out what it says. The first official poster of the Disney Plus's Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been released online, and it reveals a change to the latter appearance. The image, which was shared by Disney Instagram, comes from D23 in Anaheim, California. The poster shows Sam Wilson, Falcon, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, standing side by side. However, the latter is sporting a new haircut, departing from the long hair he wore since Captain America Winter Soldier. Okay. I'm looking at the... Okay, I see it. Yes, he has short hair. Okay. I guess, well, maybe because he's more military now, so, you know, he's got to kind of go with the military look. That kind of makes sense to me, right? Because, you know, military, you can't have short hair. Um, in addition to the titular characters, Falcon and Winter Soldier, we'll see Sharon Carter, Emily Van Camp, and Helmer, Helmert Zimorn. I know I'm, I'm slaughtering that name. I know the fans are probably like, no, we'll return. Uh, let's see. The ladder. What is up with the word ladder in this article? With the ladder presumably being one of the show's main villains. 
Wyatt Russell will also make his debut as John Walker, U.S. agent. The plot of the show is unclear at this time, though it will likely deal with the aftermath of Avengers Endgame and the retirement of Steve Rogers, Captain America, and his retirement at the end of the film. Okay. Um... Disney Plus streaming service will launch in November, directed by Carrie Soglin. Falcon and Winter Soldier stars Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Shaw, and will be released on Disney Plus. The series will hit streaming services fall of 2020. Uh, I do apologize for, I mean, this, this article wasn't really written that well, so I, I apologize for... Kind of a crappy written article. But yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So he's got short hair. <laughs> That's what we know now. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of curious though, is, is why is, is it like it's got to be the transition of Sam becoming Captain America. It has to be. Because at the end of Endgames, you know, uh, Steve Rogers gave the the shield to Falcon, Sam. And um, that makes him Captain America, not Falcon. So I, 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 I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Um, Obviously, he's not going to be Captain America in the process. Maybe it, it'll be the whole, you know, all U.S. agent will pop up and War Machine will pop up. And, you know, people will try to replace Iron Man and Captain America. To me, that makes sense. We'll see what happens. Um, I haven't I, – I'm probably – I mean, I, I, I pitched the, the money for uh, the streaming service for – DC. So the likelihood is I'm probably going to do the same thing for uh, Disney Plus so I can have the Marvel streaming service. Okay, let's jump over to cartoon news. Uh, and like I said in the beginning, I, I've not seen this. I'm behind. So on my to watch list, I hear amazing things about it. I see the animation, and the animation looks great, but I've just personally not had the opportunity to sit down and watch anything at all. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking. I'll probably end up binge-watching like all the episodes of this next one. And it says, Young Justice Outsiders finale teases the debut of a major DC team. And like I said, that, that artwork just looks really good, the animation style. It says, your, uh, you know, your, your mandatory warning. Warning, the following article contains spoilers for Nevermore, the season finale of Young Justice Outsiders, streaming now on DC Universe. That was my best NPR. No, nah, that wasn't my best. That was more like uh, my carnival uh, ringmaster voice. If I can, yeah, never mind. <laughs> never mind. 
Uh, I'm annoying myself. Isn't that bad when you annoy your own self? Okay, this is. Let's just read the article. It says, with season three of Young Justice in the books, it's time to look at what the future holds for the animated series. Many of the season's subplots came to a satisfying conclusion in the final three episodes released this week on DC Universe, which means the creator slash creators had to introduce something to entice the fans to return for the already in production season four. Young Justice never shelled away from bringing some of the DC's most popular heroes to the small screen. But the next group of characters teased to debut in Season 4 may be the biggest fan base of them all. After a short recap of recent events, the MetaHuman Center, Taos, or Taos, Welcoming all the rescued kids involved in the metahuman trafficking ring in outer space. Forager revealing his identity to his classmates at Happy Harbor High School. Geoforce ruling as the new king of Margovia. And Cyborg stopping a kid from being bullied. We see the majority of the team and the outsiders celebrating at Bebo's Diner. The, cam the camera follows a blonde waitress as she moves among the tables and booths to serve the heroes. Her final stop being her to Superboy and Miss Martian, where she pours the couple another coffee. Before the scene goes black, the camera zooms in to reveal... She is wearing a Legion of Superheroes flight ring on her right hand. Oh, very cool. I see the shot, too. Very cool. The scene basically confirms the Legion of Superheroes will debut in the next season of Young Justice. Hailing from the 31st century, the Legion of Superheroes is a coalition of teenagers and young adults from various planets in the DC Universe who come together to form their own super team. The Man of Steel, known as Superboy at the time, would go on to join the, lead, the Legion's ranks in the future, fighting alongside the same heroes he helped inspire. Although Young Justice Season 4 will mark their first appearance on this season, it won't be their first time the fan-favorite team has been adapted to the small screen. Superman, the animated series, introduced viewers to Cosmic Boy um, and Saturn Girl and Chameleon Boy, another version of the Legion's guest starring of the Justice League Unlimited, and Legion of Superheroes also headlined their own animated series in 2006. Earlier this year, Warner Brothers Animation released an animated movie titled Justice League versus the Fatal Five that teamed the Justice League with the Legion against the latter arch-rivals. There's the word again, latter. It's been in all three articles. I don't think they've been written. Hold on. I know I'm breaking this real fast, but I, I need to see if it's written by the same guy. Okay. Nope. And nope. All three different people. Interesting. 
sorry, I didn't mean to break that. I just I was like, I mean, what's the, what's the chances of using a word like ladder, the way it's being used? Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, the identity of the legionnaires working in Bilbo's diner remains a mystery for now, but the long blonde hair may give us a clue. The more, most likely suspect is Saturn Girl, as she was a founding member of the team. It also raises the question of what brings the Legionnaires to present day, and why is she hiding her identity? Superboy made some changes to his status quo this season, outing himself as a public hero and officially joining the Outsiders. It's quite possible those choices are only the beginning of his rays of a superhero, leading him to being inspiration to the Legion instead of brother Superman. Okay. Coincidentally, the Legion of Superheroes is about to make a big splash this week in the comics as well. The Legion turns to the DC in Superman number 14 to recruit Superman's son, John Kent, which sets the stage to a two-part Legion of Superhero Millennium miniseries September, followed by the launch of a new ongoing series in November. Justice or Young Justice Outsiders is currently streaming on DC Universe. Okay. I'm going to I I will. I will make it a point to sit down and, and watch it. I, I want to get caught up. I really do. It's um you know, it's one of those things where it's just fun, I guess. I, I I feel out of the loop, and I really want to get back into it. I like I miss comic books. Oh my gosh, I really do. I sincerely miss reading comic books. It's uh, you know, it's been a love. I I started reading comic books back in the '80s. I always tell people I became a comic or an X-Men fan back in 87, but I enjoyed looking at pictures and I couldn't really read them when I was that young. And, and I, there's somewhere one of the back episodes of this show. I actually talk about it, but, um, so you can go and listen to what I'm talking, what I'm meaning. Um, but I couldn't read essentially. And so I, but I've always liked looking at pictures of the comic books, even in the early eighties. So, you know, comic books have been part of my life for so many years. And recently I, I haven't really had an opportunity to, to get into it. Uh, like I said, I haven't, I, I went and I bought, uh, action comics 1000. I haven't read it yet. I bought detective comics 1000 as well. And I haven't read it yet, but other than that, I really haven't read anything. I, I got into the digital format of things, uh, comicology.com, and I I blew like a ridiculous amount of money buying like back issues because they were only like a buck digital. So I have pretty much all of the X-Men, the original volume one of the X-Men. <laughs> tell you that's how much money I blew uh, on my comicology account. So with all this nerd comic book stuff I'm talking about, let's just go ahead and go to what I have picked out for comic book of the week. And it is Batman Who Laughs. Batcave is beneath spoilers because, of course, it is. 
Now, when I first saw this, I was like, well, the Batcave is underneath Wayne Manor. But this is Batman Who Laughs. So Batman is like the Joker-esque type character. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. And, of course, you have your mandatory warning. Warning, the following article contains spoilers for Batman Superman, number one, by Joshua Williams, Mark Marquez, Alejandro Sanchez, and John J. Jones. John L. John J. Hill. Sorry, guys. Uh, in stores now. Ever since Batman Who Laughs barged into DC Universe with Dark Knight Metal, one thing has been clear. He is one of the most frightening villains the Dark Knight and the rest of the Justice League has ever faced. He's dark, twisted, and incredibly dangerous. What makes a character a perfect blend of horror is the idea that he is the worst version of Batman possible. A jokerized version of the character, sadistic, brutal, violent but also miraculous, dedicated, and unstoppable. Worse still, he got a twisted sense of humor. I mean, even now, Batman has a twisted sense of humor. You know, Bruce Wayne, Batman. And given that, it's in the name, he loves to laugh. I really, I need to read this. After taking on Batman in the battle of the fate of Gotham City, the Batman who laughs disappeared after being defeated. Ever the resourceful planner, the villain made sure other characters were infected with the Joker toxin serum, similar to the one that made him what he is. Now, in Batman Superman number one, the titular superhero goes on the trail of the evil Batman from the dark multiverse and there unearth his Batcave in the darkest location possible. At the start of the series, issue one, Batman and Superman are brought together by Jim Gordon. He has a missing child's case that seems to directly connect to Batman Who Laughs. The two superheroes then team up following a trail of evidence. Before long, they find their way to Park Row and Crime Alley. More specifically, as fans know, the and as the book reminds us, this is the infamous location of Thomas and Martha Wayne's murder. It's where Batman, Bruce Wayne, was orphaned, and where some would argue Batman was born. Yeah, absolutely. There, Superman uses his X-ray vision to determine that there is a passage located directly under the alley. With Batman's approval, Superman punches a hole through the pavement, and the two dive right in. After being attacked by a fleet of drones that the two defeat easily, 
They find what is located under Crime Alley. The Batman Laughs own Batcave. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Huh. The supervillain's cave is much like the one we know, but it has all the appropriate twists and a blood-red glow to make it distinctly his. But the real horror is located, or the location of the Batcave. Of all the places the character could have built his own base of operations, he chose the darkest, most twisted place possible. The alley where Bruce Wayne's parents were killed. To him, it's probably just a clever joke. Another way to get under Batman's skin. However, it also seems to be part of his plan. Superman and Batman both deduct the Batcave is something the Batman who laughs wanted them to find. So perhaps this was the easiest, most obvious location for him. A giant red sign to come find him and let the game properly begin. The Batman Who Laughs has been in the DC Universe for more than two years now, which means he's had plenty of time to plan his next move. Since building a whole underground compound takes time, he probably built his cave a while back. This means whatever happens next is more than a few steps ahead of Batman and Superman. Hmm. That makes sense. All right. And interesting enough, folks, that is how that article ends. And, and I'm looking at it. Yeah, it, it has a, a red glow to it. And, and uh, I think I, I'm curious because there's something over in the corner that's covered in a tarp. I don't know, and it's connected to hoses. So I, I'm I'm assuming it might be the generator or something. I don't know yet. Uh, yeah, that's something I'm definitely gonna take a look at here soon. Let's see. I'm I'm just making sure I didn't I'm not missing any because it just kind of does have an an abrupt ending to it, you know. So. Okay, let's check our time here. Okay, we are still good on time, um, and I think I'm going to do another article, just because we whipped through the articles a little faster than what I was expecting. So, let's see, uh, what do we want to talk about? I mean, there's... Of course, the New Mutants, um, it's being recut from what I understand. Uh, let's see. Wow. Uh, this is something I guess we can talk about. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Now, everybody I think has grown up with Garfield. And everybody loves Garfield. My kids love Garfield. So, there you go. 
this article reads, it says, Garfield creator Jim Davis sells original art for over $10,000 comic script. Comic strip. Because, you know, of course, that's where he... Um, it, he still is active, from what I understand, for what newspapers that are left. They they still run Garfield comic strips. It says Heritage Comet or Heritage Auction has announced it will be auctioning off an original Garfield comic strip from iconic artist Jim Davis. More than ten thousand pieces will be given up for grabs, with the collection boasting a mixture of Garfield comic strips, daily strips, and Sunday strips including some worth as much as $500. These will all be offered exclusively through Heritage Auctions over the next few years in a series of signature monthly and weekly Sunday Internet comic animation and art auction. I want one. I do, absolutely. Originally created in 1978, Garfield has become a global pop culture hit, transiting the page into TV shows, movies, and more. It is also the most widely syndicated feature in the world, reaching 2 million readers every day. Wow. Garfield is one of the most popular comic strips of all time and has been for decades. Jim Heplin Co-chairman of Heritage Auction said, It has matured into a widely success successful franchise, evolving from the strip that has appeared in newspapers around the world to TV shows, multiple movies, and an empire of licensing products. Collectors who pursue these strips by Jim Davis see the opportunity to acquire an important part of comic art history. Absolutely. I mean, that that is really just goes way before. It, uh, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I want to sign up and get one for myself. I think I can, I can, I can do the $500 one. That'll probably be the first one to go, huh? It says, I am very excited about the exclusive relationship with Heritage Auctions, Davis said. I've always taken my responsibility to the strips seriously. Go figure. So, it's gratifying to know that I'm reaching the serious comic collectors with the help of the fine folks at Heritage. Hmm. I'm down. I'm, I'm down. Seriously. Garfield became a digital pub production back in November 2011. So, the pieces are offered are the only physical art capturing the comic strip making each one a lucrative collectible. Bidding opens with the auction closing Sunday, September 1st. The next comic signature auction passed will take place between November 21st to the 23rd in Dallas, Texas and at www.ha.com. Yeah, I'm like going gaga over that. And I, I, I'm like, wow, you know, because to have, you know, actual Jim Davis artwork, that, that would be absolutely insane. Uh, let's see. I've 
wow, I've still got what five more minutes before we have to go into comic of or the toy of the week. Okay, um, let's dive in and see what else I can find. Let's see. How about I? I'm kind of hoping I'm. Uh, sometimes I just try to stay away from the Marvel and DC stuff, like you know, with what we just did with uh, Garfield. But I don't know, guys. Sometimes it's kind of difficult to not get into the Marvel and DC stuff. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like actively looking right now as I'm talking. Um, oh, do I want to talk about Star Wars? Um, I mean, because it's one of those things where, and I've I've made it clear that I purposely tried to stay away from the Star Wars movie as much as possible, but it, it's just been so much fanfare over what uh, came out of D23 this week that it, it reached me. And I'm like, you know, so now, yeah, I know, I know, you know, about everything about the C-3PO red eyes. I know about Daisy Ridley having, uh, uh what's Ray, um, having the, the, the dual sided lightsaber, um, so, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Let's just go ahead and, and uh, jump in to, to some Star Wars. Let's see. What am I going to get? Let's see. There's, there's literally a handful of stuff I can pick from. Okay. Let's do... Okay, let's do... Let, yeah, let's do this one. Rise of Skywalker. Daisy Ridley teases a true dark side turn for Rey. You know, and that would be clever. I mean, because, I don't know. I mean, there's just so much. There's 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 so many questions that is propelled into this movie. Because what I understand is it's going to be the final Skywalker movie. You know, because this whole thing's been about Skywalker. So... I'm 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 curious. Okay, let's just let's see what it says. Uh, does she? I'm looking at the picture where she's holding the, the dual lightsabers. You know, because if you go to the dark side, you your eyes change to like a yellow. I'm trying to see if they're yellow. <laughs> okay, it says D23 teaser for Star Wars: Rise of the Skywalker, delivered quite a surprise in the form of a shot. Of a seemingly villainous ray welding a double-bladed lightsaber, red lightsaber at that, teasing her apparent turn to the dark side of the Force. Immediately, fans begin to speculate about Ray's allegiance, with some theorizing that it was simply something lifted from a Force-induced vision. However. That may not be the case, as Dizzy, Dizzy, Diz, Disney's Daisy Ridley, yeah, see, try to say Disney Daisy Ridley all together, herself teased Ray's turn may, in fact, be a real deal. 
And this is a quote. It says, I mean, the evidence is on screen. Ridley told Yahoo Movies. Take that evidence as you will, but there is no smoke without fire. Okay. This highly anticipated Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker will not just serve as the conclusion to the trilogy that begin in J.J. Abrams' The Force Awakens, but the entire nine-episode Skywalker saga, like I was talking about. Directed and co-written by J.J. Abrams, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker stars Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Lupin Nugano. Sorry if I slammed. That was, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I screwed that up. Sorry if I did. Uh, Kelly Tran, Billy Lord, Carrie Russell, Matt Smith, Anthony Daniels, Mark Hamill, Billy D. Williams, and Carrie Fisher, with Naomi Aki and Richard E. Grant. The film arrives still a very, very long time away, December 20th. That is way, way too long of a wait. If you ask me, I'm, uh, yeah, it's, I'm really excited to see what happens with this movie. Now, I, I'm going to go on and, and go on record and say that I think it's Smoke and Mirrors too. Um, do you remember the whole shebang about uh, what was it with uh, her getting the hand? Oh, it was supposed to be the hand, uh, Skywalker's hand, in uh, the Force Awakens. Remember and the whole thing, and that was the big speculation and all that, and then it turned out not to be. And then people are like, "Oh, that's Ray's a Skywalker," and then you find out, well. In that piece of trash, uh, what is it, Last Jedi? Um, it wasn't. And so everything you, they're throwing out is to create excitement. And it's, it's not necessarily true. So I'm, I'm going to go with the, the fan theory of that this was a, a scene grab from a, um, of, of Force Vision. Because remember in, Empire Strikes Back when Yoda was training Luke Skywalker and, you know, he's getting ready to go into the Dark Forest and he has his his uh, lightsaber and Yoda's like, you don't you you only need what you have. And so he takes it anyway that and then he goes and he battles Darth Vader and cuts Vader's head off and, and, and the mask explodes and it's his face and inside. It's, I think that's kind of. It. You know, she's seen what happens if the the dark side takes her over, you know, that kind of thing. And it's a good image grab. So I think that, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, why not, man? I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to con control my enthusiasm. Uh, my daughter, I'm, I'm sure you probably heard her giggling. She's, she, I guess I'm getting a little too excited where she's actually laughing at me. So, uh, there you go. Um, let me know what you think. Do you think Disney is going to have uh, Ray go to the dark side, or do you think, kind of with me, it's just the ploy? Uh, I'm I'm just curious. 
All right, gang, we are at the final stop of this show. Uh, we end each show with Toy of the Week, and I do not get no paid endorsements for this, um, even though I may reach out, and that's not a joke, uh, because I do plug this specific toy company a lot since uh, rebooting the show. And I go to www.bigbadtoystore. I always say toy story. Toystore.com. That's probably why they haven't, because I always screw up their. <laughs> I screw up their uh, their web address all the time. Um, so if you've not heard this spill before, let me lay it out to you real fast. Uh, my good friend Mario Martinez got into collecting action figures. Then in turn introduced me to collecting action figures. Now I personally got into collecting Nightmare on Elm Street uh, action figures. That's what I'm collecting. But as a broad spectrum, and to open the doors to possible people, to just to enjoy something, because like part of life, and I, I, I deal with people with depression, and, and a lot of people are down on their luck, and they just feel bad. And I tell them, Buy yourself, even if it's just one item a month, buy yourself something. Even if it's just like, like I buy, you know, I bought a, a, and it's been a while because of PCE, you know, saving up money for PCE, but I'll go and I'll buy an action figure, uh, a Freddy Krueger action figure, and I'll put it up on top of my, my mantle, and that's where it sits, in the box. I don't take it out of the box, but it makes me happy to to purchase one item a month. And that's what I suggest to everybody. And I'm not saying that you should go and, and spend your money at Big Bad Toy Store. But that's where I see the, they have the best products from what I've seen. Uh, someone can send me something, send me a link to another store, and I'll totally plug it if I feel it, they produce or they sell the same quality as this store. So my pick this week uh, is the Avenger is from the Avengers Endgame, and it's called Avengers Endgame Select Iron Man. Now, what it is is it's Iron Man, and he's holding up his hand, and it's got the Infinity Stones in it. You know, at the very end. Now, I know in the movie he doesn't have his mask on, but in on in this uh, he has his uh, he's fully suited up as Iron Man. He's holding up his his right hand with the the five infinity stones and it says product description it says i am iron man the latest marvel marvel select action figure features features goodness iron man from the world of avengers endgame wearing his mark 85 armor this 7 inch scale figure of Iron Man comes with interchangeable hands, including a nano gauntlet and an alternate version with snapping fingers. Oh, that's cool. They don't show that. Let me see if that's it. Uh, no. Okay. They don't show it. Uh, with snapping fingers. Package in a display-ready select figure packaging with side panel artwork 
sculpted by Gentle Giant Studios. Product features, 7-inch, 17.78 centimeters figure, made of plastic, from Avengers Endgame, display-ready select figure packaging, and, of course, sculpted by Gentle Giant Studios. Box contains the Iron Man figures, interchangeable hands with a nano gauntlet, alternate gauntlet with snapping figures. Fingers, not figures. Uh, this is, of course, a pre-order. I always try to pick on uh, pre-orders to give you time. And the pre-order notes on this one is, arrival date is estimated and not guaranteed. No payment is due until the product is available to ship. Item may be canceled at any time before payment is due. And we are uh, not saying we, as in me, as I'm just reading this, is a standard grade containment. Uh, this item is brand new in mint condition, packaging in the case fresh, but may have flaws suitable to display and package or open. Now, I know the last few times we've done the pricing, the pricing's been really high. But this one, this one is really, really reasonable. It's only $27.99. That's it. $27.99 plus shipping and handling. And there you go. That's that's what we got for you and it is gorgeous and to be honest with you whoa, whoa, whoa. i'm looking i'm reading when did it say it was shipping because i might actually buy this for my son uh his birthday is in november so if it ships around then i might actually buy it and put it up for him in november i don't know i might and it's, that is it's gorgeous it really is all right, gang, I want to thank you so much for coming in and listening to me ramble for about an hour. Actually, it's been about 50 minutes. Um, come back. We'll do it again. I I do want to hear from you. I want to know, do you want more celebrity interviews or do you just want me to sit here and yammer? Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I just – we're coming close to the end of um, the season three, so – I, I'm kind of curious to find out. No, we're not coming close. I think we might be halfway done, actually. All right, gang. So for this week, for my public life as an American nerd, I am David K. Montoya. And as always, I bid you adieu.